It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal with actually some non-coronavirus-related news to talk about today before we go back to talking about what we need to learn from the coronavirus. But first, an update on the coronavirus. As of the time I'm recording this, confirmed cases in the United States, again, this is a fraction of the actual cases, is approaching a million. We're at about 930,000 at the time I record this with over 50,000, about 52,500 confirmed deaths. But you know what? As awful as this is, that we are all suffering through this, quarantined, knowing loved ones getting sick and sometimes dying, is it, is it too much to ask not to add insult to injury? Not too much insult to injury. And I'm going to refer now to corporate America coming out with their COVID period ads, their, oh, we're all in this together and we love you ads. Aren't we suffering enough? Listening to these corporate greed heads lie about having the slightest concern for us while they figure out how to continue to separate us from our life savings and profit off our getting sick and dying is like sitting through an entire Donald Trump press briefing. With their role in creating this crisis, making us more susceptible to it, and rendering us incapable of mitigating it by, among other things, destroying our government and government capabilities. It's like anyone in the Trump administration telling us how bad they feel about fleecing us once they get caught, and then telling us to trust them to make it all better. Sure, we shouldn't expect anything better from corporate America, Like Republicans, their whole reason for being is just to get more for themselves. And a few of us have enough sense to know that. But some of these ads are nonetheless beyond the pale in their hypocrisy and bullshit. I think perhaps standing out in this rank crowd are all those corporations purporting to honor the workers that they continue to exploit. Chief among this is Amazon, which runs ads extolling the virtue of its workers, while at the same time it basically gets kicked out of doing business in France because it refuses to follow basic coronavirus guidelines to protect the safety of those very same workers. But to me, when it comes to nausea-inducing, one particular ad just really stood out. This is our home. We've never seen it look quite like this. But there's no mistaking it. And it's our job to protect it because the best people to fight for our communities are those within them. So if you've just bought a Volkswagen or we're thinking of buying sometime soon, we're here to help with the community-driven promise. The idea that Volkswagen is in this with us is revolting. It is sickening. Let's remember, for those with really short memories, it was just a few years ago that Volkswagen got caught in their years-long efforts, successful efforts, to cheat on emissions tests, 
to lie on emissions tests, to rig their cars so that they got to pollute more than even United States federal law, as toothless as it generally is, was going to allow them to pollute. In other words, make us all sick. Sound familiar? Sound like kind of a problem here? A little ironic? Here's what the goddamn ad should have said. Hi, we're Volkswagen. Now is the time for us all to come together as one. It is not, for instance, the time to cast aspersions over the fact that we befouled your air and made you sick and weakened your lungs. Especially now, when many of you are dying because of how much we weakened your lungs by cheating on our emissions tests. We're all in this together. This is the time for you to buy our cars. That at least would have a little bit more honesty in that ad about what they really care about and what their role is in making people sick and dying. They befouled the air that weakened our lungs. That is undoubtedly leading our fellow, some of our fellow citizens to die. But we're all in this together to sell cars. This is pathetic, but this is only, it turns out, the tip of the iceberg, iceberg too. We at Forward Nation Radio, it turns out, have gotten our hands on some other ads that are in production and going to be released by other corporate friends of America. Want to hear some? Well, you don't really have much choice unless you turn it off because I'm about to play some of them for you. Hi, we're Wells Fargo. We know all the difficulties you are going through right now that we are all going through together. For many of you, getting access to your bank accounts could be a matter of life and death. You need to be able to access bank accounts and that's why we here at Wells Fargo have been opening up a whole bunch in your name for you. Yes, not just bank accounts, We've been signing you up for credit cards and taking out loans on your behalf. We've been doing what we can to destroy your credit rating so you don't have to. Hi, neighbor. We're your friendly neighbor, Citibank. Your neighbor wherever in the world you happen to live. You know, in these difficult times, many of you are worried about how you will be able to afford your home. Well, we're here to relieve you of those worries. No job, no income, no worries. We'll still lend you money to buy your new home because that's what we do. By the time we throw you and your family out on the street for failure to pay your loan back, why, there may not even be a coronavirus anymore. And remember, like all the rest of the big banks, Chase, U.S. Bank, if you are one of our really rich clients, why, we'll even be able to steer U.S. Small Business Aid Program money to you. As long as you have accounts worth at least $25 million, we will move you to the front of the line on small business loans that were meant for actual humans. Because we're Citibank, and when you win, we win. Of course, when you lose, we win too. Face it, we just always win.
Why, hello, this is Pfizer, Merck, and the rest of your friends in the pharmaceutical industry. We just want to let you know that we are working hard to privatize government-funded research so we can then patent it and sell it at exorbitant prices that will put that life-saving medicine out of reach for you and your family. Because that's our profit model. Sure, we've never bothered to research a vaccine. You know, there, there really isn't any money in it. In these difficult times where we may be deathly ill, it's good to have something else to think about. Like, try thinking about how much money the pharmaceutical companies are making. Remember, we're all in this together. While you get sick and die, we're getting rich. Err. <laughs> We're the NRA, your neighborhood murder weapon sellers. Yet we're standing your ground right beside you. We're here to tell you that we are arming your neighbors to the teeth. So you're going to need lots more guns too. We're with you to help you defend yourself when the deep state comes to give you a vaccine. Remember, the more guns you buy, the more money we make. And remember, the only thing that beats a bad guy with a life-threatening virus is a good guy with a gun to shoot that bad guy with the life-threatening virus. Hello, this is Brown and Williamson and Philip Morris, now calling ourselves Altria because it just sounds so much less culpable and the rest of your tobacco companies here to talk to you in your time of need. Yes, this is not the time to be harping on perceived past slights, real or imagined. No, not now when your fragile lungs probably can't take all the extra aggravation. This is a time to look at all the good things we've done for you over the years. Why, look at all the bad people we've gotten out of your life. Grandpa, who used to like to pinch your cheeks. Did you hate that? Mom, who always gave you chores to do. Your aunts and uncles that were always telling you how big you'd grown. That cousin of yours who liked to give you wedgies. Friends you don't like anymore. Your mailman, the bus driver, the guys who picked up your garbage. Hell, pretty much everybody you've come in contact with. We've probably killed a lot of them. But hell, we've brought you vaping. Let's try to remember the good stuff. You know, many of you even owe your alcoholism to us. Because what's the point of having a drink if you can't wash it down with a cigarette? Anyway, the point is, this is not the time to harp on past grievances. If your lungs are still working, they could be smoking. This is Shell and the rest of your big oil companies. You know us. As far as you know, we haven't even murdered anybody in the last few years. Why, we're just here to make you feel better in these difficult times. When you think about it, what do you have to worry about anyway? Climate change is going to kill us all in any event. Oops. Did I say that out loud? Pretty sure I wasn't supposed to say that out loud. Just for, like, internal stuff. Anyway, the point is, we're with you. All the way to our bank. You're not from the Gulf Coast, are you? 
Yo, dude, what's happening, man? This is American Weed Manufacturers. Yeah. So, who's the fucking bad guy now, huh? Dude, as all this bad shit's happening all over the place, died to remember that we never killed anybody. Hell, the worst thing we ever did to your health is make you go out and brave a ShopRite to go get some munchies. COVID sucks, man. Floyd rules. Okay, I'm back, and hey, sorry about that last one. I mean, mostly because it was the worst stoner ever. Sorry about that. Apologies to Sean Penn. But also, I'm not even sure how weed got in there at all with those other assholes. What a statement about America. We shouldn't be tarnishing the image of weed by associating it with all those legal industries. But um, uh, maybe it's there because it helps us segue to our next segment, which is Earth Day. Not really sure what that connection is, other than weed is something that's grown, so I guess it comes from the earth. But in case you've somehow missed the celebrations, oh, wait, right, what celebrations? We just passed Earth Day's 50th anniversary. That's right, the big 5-0 for Earth Day, and gosh, it's been a great 50 years as we've just cleaned up the, oh God, we're all going to die. Anyway, we celebrate to the extent that we celebrated Earth Day, apparently, by continuing to ensure that there is no 100th anniversary of Earth Day to celebrate. But anyway, happy Earth Day, everybody, and enjoy it while it lasts. Anyway, it looks like for a change, we actually have some good news to report. So let's do that now so we can have a a pleasant interlude here and all the misery surrounding us. Looks like we're going to have to ramp up the war against voting if we're the GOP. Uh Uh-oh, that doesn't really sound like good news. Well, the fact that they're going to have to ramp up the war is what the good news is. Talked about the vote in Wisconsin and how the Republicans pathetically and disgustingly made people risk their lives to go vote because, well, voting hurts Republicans. They did that so that they could steal the majority of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, the the deciding seat being up for election uh, just a couple weeks ago. Well, in what it seems to me almost a shocking result. And the conservative judge, the judge that was supported by Donald Trump and the Republican Party, despite the efforts to suppress voting, lost. And not only lost, but lost handily. Uh, To give you an idea how much fun this is, in addition to kind of giving us some hope for the future, here's Donald Trump. While he thought the elections of the voting suppression was going to give him the victory. In Wisconsin, what happened is I, through social media, put out a very strong endorsement of a Republican conservative judge who's an excellent, brilliant judge. And I hear what happened is his poll numbers went through the roof. I wonder if after his his hand-picked candidate 
got walloped. Oh, by the way, let's just start with this, just just for fun. Does anybody think that Donald Trump could name this excellent, brilliant judge who he issued his very strong endorsement of? I'll wait for a moment to give you a chance to think about whether there's any chance the president of the United States has any fucking idea who he's talking about. But while he's taking credit for putting the poll numbers through the roof, he lost and lost badly. Maybe there is really good news in that with respect to the election coming up later this year. If, you know, we get to have people vote at all. Where with Wisconsin, of course, remains one of the swing states the Democrats really want, perhaps need to rest from Donald Trump. Remember, despite the voter suppression, his preferred candidate got slaughtered. Now, some of you might think, ha, the lesson here is that cheating doesn't pay. <laughs> that's so cute. But of course, that's not the lesson here at all. That's certainly not the lesson that Donald Trump and the Republican Party will get. Make no mistake about it. The lesson that they will get is cheating doesn't pay unless you do enough of it to make sure that you win. It is going to get even uglier over the next six months, and we all better be energized to fight this. But it's not just war on voting that the Republicans are going to have to ramp up. It looks like they're going to have to ramp up their war against reality. Because for a majority of Wisconsinites who managed to find their way to the polls, it looked like reality actually mattered. Okay. Um, we had, it turns out, the Republican Senate, a bipartisan committee of the Senate, led by Republicans, put together by Republicans, in other words, Donald Trump's bitches, the Senate Review, you may not have heard this because not a lot was made of this. Led by members of Mr. Trump's own party, effectively undercut all of his allegations for the last few years about impeachment and his working with Russia. All of his efforts to say that it was, it was the intelligence community's corruption that led to this. It was the Democratic Party's corruption. There was no business instituting this in the first place. They were all out to get him. It was the deep state that was doing this, not Donald Trump. Well, all that was undercut by a three-year review by the Republican-led Senate Intelligence Committee unanimously finding that the intelligence community assessment, pinning blame on Russia and outlining its goals to undercut American democracy, was fundamentally sound and untainted by politics, including the efforts to put it together and investigate it in the first place. Uh-oh. Looks like some heads are going to roll. Or as they're saying on Fox News about this report, okay, let's move on. So now even Trump's Republican Senate allies, his total bitches, are now part of the deep state, I'm sure, according to his fucking moron voters. Because does anybody think this will change anything? Does anybody think a single Trump supporter will say, hey, wait a minute, what I've been parroting from my cult leader for the last few years has been completely and utterly rejected by reality? You and your reality. Give me a break. As... Independent Senator Angus King from Maine said, The case is closed. 
I don't know how you could have a much more credible source than a three-year study by a bipartisan committee that came to unanimous conclusion. Again, that's so cute that he thinks the case is closed and that this is actually going to convince anybody. Because you could bet that Fox News and One American News and all the rest of the conservative bullshit lie propaganda machine is out there spitting this as just another example of the deep state. The current investigations led by our very responsible and, and constitution backer Attorney General William Barr will continue to uncover every stone they can and then throw those stones at anybody who might try to, I don't know, interject facts in their investigations of how the deep state is responsible for everything bad that you have ever heard about Donald Trump. Because we all know that our president is basically perfect. As is true of every cult leader, everything he does, of course, is correct. That of course, is why our brilliant leader needed to freeze American funds for the World Health Organization in the midst of a pandemic. Or at least announced that he was going to freeze those funds for the World Health Organization. Because the President of the United States, who could do no wrong, continues, of course, to need a scapegoat. Somebody needs to be responsible for his repeated abject failures, and it sure as hell can't be him. Remember, this is the guy who just came out and said that he bears no responsibility for anything that's going on. That's really kind of ironic and kind of pathetic a little bit. You know, the buck stops here and all. Not when Donald Trump is the president. The buck stops anywhere else. What's ironic, of course, is that by all indications... This is the only time a buck has ever not stopped with Trump. This is the only time he's ever been willing in his entire life to pass a buck to anybody else. But this buck he's busy passing. Anyway, his plan regarding the WHO, which hopefully will never come to fruition. Great idea during a pandemic. Absolutely great idea. But of course... Thank God that we've got so many people in the Trump administration who are so competent that we don't really need the WHO to handle this, right? I mean, after all, Trump and his administration have already killed thousands of Americans. What's a few million more if it ends up being that? Once you've already killed thousands, the rest is just, you know, kind of piling on when you think about it. And that's why we're going to introduce our new segment today. Our segment, who's killed more Americans than Donald Trump, historically speaking? Think about it. The President of the United States is already responsible for thousands, undoubtedly tens of thousands of needless American deaths. He has killed thousands of Americans. I've been thinking this, actually, through this to some of my students. Who's killed more? Now, I heard some actually... Pretty, pretty clever, pretty good responses. In order to do this, you have to rule out generals, I guess. I mean, it doesn't really seem fair to rule out generals who are put in the middle of combat and have to send their troops into combat where obviously a lot of them are going to die. So you can't really do generals. Someone had mentioned, well, you know, there was Andrew Jackson, the Trail of Tears. I said, well, you know, 
technically speaking, of course, the Native Americans weren't Americans. According to, you know, America, according to what I guess was Trump supporters, Trumpers back then. Yeah, they're not Americans. They're not Americans. They weren't like, you know, born here like the white people were. So, yeah, I kind of have to rule out presidents, I suppose, too. With all due respect to boy George, George Bush Jr., I think he should be in the running. He should be in consideration here because I understand if you are a president who has to bring the country to war, I don't think that should count. So, for instance, you know, Roosevelt. I'm going to give Roosevelt a pass here. FDR, that is. I, I, I guess it's a, little, it's a little more borderline with the other Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, because he did like to start his nice little wars, didn't he? But FDR was really forced to go into a war, so I don't think it's fair to hold the thousands of American deaths in World War II against him. George Bush Jr., of course, manufactured wars that we didn't need to do under false pretenses. So I don't think it's unfair, really, to... to boy, this is starting to get complicated. I don't know. We're just going to have to leave the segment there for today as we all give a little more thought to who in American history, who in American history has killed more Americans than the current president of the United States? I guess we've left the good, warm, and fuzzy segment of the show at this point. But anyway, speaking of scapegoats, it's not just the WHO. Donald Trump indicated this week, this week he's got a lot more scapegoat arrows in his quiver. And Donald Trump has come out and said that he's going to ban all immigration. He did this by late night tweet. I know. Seriously. Doing this to American immigration policy, doing this to the way America looks to the rest of the world, embarrassing this country, humiliating us, Making us look like a third world dictator. Oh, wait, we are kind of a third world dictatorship right now, aren't we? But anyway, making us maybe look like the shit that we actually are. Doing it a late night tweet? Seriously, this is the way everybody's okay with this, the way our government is being run. But the good news is Trump banned all immigration in a late night tweet. And by the early morning tweet, had walked it back. Because this, after all is our steadfast leader who is nothing if not providing us with stable and consistent leadership. Well, it turns out when he's banning all immigrants, well, when that reached corporate American ears, uh-oh, they weren't going to have any of that because after all, business relies on immigrants to exploit and to endanger and in many cases to kill so that we get to have cheap shit. This, of course is especially true now during the coronavirus where the brave people who have to go out and put their lives on the line so that we could have our shit are disproportionately made up of people who really don't have any fucking choice. In other words, immigrants, especially undocumented ones. So Donald Trump walked back that one and now he said the only people he's going to let in are workers, which is also a lot of fun for anybody who's able to kind of put two and two together and come up with four. In other words, we're ruling out Trump supporters. Because Donald Trump said that he was banning immigration to protect American jobs and American workers. So now he's decided he has to amend that policy only to let in workers. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? 
It does if you're a Fox News or One America News watching Trump fucking moron, then it probably makes a lot of sense to you. Anyway, for many of us, the relief, the disaster relief checks have finally started pouring in and helping millions of Americans to try to get through the crisis in one piece. Remember that to the extent that normal human beings are getting any money at all, it's because Democrats forced the Republicans to accept the fact that some normal humans would get money and not just rich pieces of shit. As I alluded to earlier in the show in the, in the ad for Citigroup, the big banks, we learn, have been making sure that they have been able to divert these small business loans to their wealthiest clients. Because there isn't a policy in America designed to help normal human beings that rich people and their bank and government enablers can't somehow manage to corrupt and move into their own pockets, as we've been saying for weeks since this whole thing was announced. Turns out the banks have been doing that, diverting money for small businesses and actual humans to rich people. In the case of Citigroup, people who have accounts with a minimum of $25 million. Yeah. Just the kind of people we wanted to help. But for the rest of us, those people who did manage to get a check in the mail, for the first time ever in American history, the President of the United States' name is going to appear or has appeared on those checks. He wanted to robo-sign them all, but it turns out he's actually not able to do that under the Constitution. So they put his name in the memo section so that No opportunity to advertise and run his campaign for 2020 can ever be wasted. He's not really alone in that. When George Bush was forced in the wake of the financial crisis, was forced to give normal Americans $300 by Democrats. It at least came with a document, a separate document. George Bush's name wasn't on the check. There was a separate document that said, here's your relief money given to you by the president of the United States, George W. Bush, which he was forced to do. But at least that was a separate letter, and this is American, so a lot of people weren't reading those letters. Some people might actually be looking at their checks and seeing Donald Trump's name on it, presumably written in blood, because that's what it probably took from him in order to get normal human beings to actually get a check. The fun part here was that these checks going out to be life-saving for people who absolutely need this money to survive These checks were delayed in going out as a result of the fact that the President of the United States needed to make them a campaign issue. Needed them to boost his re-election. So if Americans are going to have to suffer just a little bit longer, go without eating just a few days longer, well, that's okay because Donald Trump has a political campaign to run. President of the United States, son of a fucking bitch. You know... Maybe, because Donald Trump's name is appearing on all these checks, maybe New York and California and some of the states that live in the reality-based community, maybe we should respond by requiring Donald Trump's name also to appear on all possibly coronavirus-related death certificates. I mean, that seems more fair. He undoubtedly will have had more of a role in those deaths than he had at giving anybody money. Any poor person money who might actually be able to, who might actually need that money. So I think that New York State, I think we should start a 
campaign here to get New York State to require Donald Trump's name appear on all coronavirus-related death certificates. It's really a win-win to do that. First of all, Donald Trump is willing to sacrifice American lives to boost his political fortunes. So we should at least give him credit for that. He likes to put his name on everything anyway, so let's give him credit for that. And all of his fucking moron supporters want to be liberated. They're all about their liberty and their freedom. We should acknowledge the fact that they could get their freedom the the Dan Patrick, Lieutenant Governor of Texas way. You could take one for the team. Get the virus, die. You could show your liberation. And you could have Donald Trump's name get out there even more. As we go through all this, we look at the coronavirus checks and we try to get through this, we are reminded about how in America right now, essential worker apparently is being read by the Republican Party as a synonym for expendable worker. The the Republicans, I guess, need to be given dictionaries and understand that essential is not actually the same thing as expendable. Anyway, one of the things we keep hearing from optimists, those trying to reassure us that America can survive the crisis we're currently living through, and I don't mean the coronavirus, is that this virus will bring us all together, that this shared experience will somehow bring us closer to each other and we'll find out that we have more in common with each other and more to share with our so-called political enemies. Well, to those optimists, I give you Exhibit A, Trump supporters. Conservative morons are out there protesting the shutdowns to try to protect Americans and get us through this crisis by limiting the already great number of deaths. Conservative morons are out there protesting the shutdowns and speaking out in favor of their freedom and their liberty to go do whatever the hell they want. And as far as I'm concerned, let's let them. I've said this before. Prove that you have liberty. Go out and lick each other's faces. With the same tongues that you've been using to lick Donald Trump's ass, just go ahead and lick all of your friends' faces. Except, I shouldn't even say that in jest, because the problem is that these stupid fucking sons of bitches don't get quarantined themselves. But they should be. This is a reminder of what I've been saying since we started this show. That those of us with a brain and some human decency need to stay the fuck away from these people. We need to isolate them. We need to quarantine them. Let them stay with each other. Let's have one Trump rally and conservative political rally after another. But just leave them alone to it. Let the virus run rampant among them. Most of them probably don't believe the bullshit mainstream media cigarette information they've been hearing. So they're probably really pretty susceptible to dying once they get this. Let's let them. Oh, sounds awful? How could someone with a podcast propose that some of his fellow, shall we say, citizens should go ahead and die? Why are you worried about me? That's what your Republican governors are saying. A growing list of Republican governors carrying Donald Trump's waters are saying to their constituents, 
feel free to go out and die. You know that they're hunkering in their, down in their own bunkers. They're showing up on TV saying, look at me, I'm not wearing a mask. But then they're going and they're hiding in their basements. But they're out there telling their fucking morons to go out and basically keep spreading the virus. There's Brian Kemp in Georgia. Now, remember, by the way, as I talk about the fact that Brian Kemp has said that fitness, that fitness centers, hair salons, bowling alleys, and tattoo parlors are such essential businesses in Georgia that they need to open. They should be open. Remember, as I tell you that he is sending his citizens to slaughter, that this piece of shit, this murderous fuck, actually stole his election a few years ago. He has no business being anywhere near the governor's office. This is what you get, Georgia, for letting this piece of shit steal an election. You get, in many cases, dead. Or, you know, I guess Florida, where where they were so late. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, Trump water carrier, was so late in ordering isolation with a population overwhelmingly elderly that this guy is just sending his own people to sort of... This guy's saying pro wrestling is an essential business, keeping that going. So this is what these fucking morons are out protesting in support of this. Which, again, if we could quarantine them, would absolutely be great. The problem, of course, is that they don't quarantine. These pieces of shit, and I know I'm I'm not supposed to speak ill of them, but these pieces of shit are spreading the virus to others who are getting sick and dying. So, on the list of murderous scum... Let's add these pieces of garbage who are showing up at these protests arguing that they should be able to hang out with each other, lick each other's faces, and then go to the fucking hair salon. Goddamn pieces of trash. But the best part of this, maybe, is, as always, these stupid pieces of trash who are out there speaking for their right to make their own decisions don't have the slightest clue how to make their own decisions. None of this is about them making their own decisions. As always, they are being led by the nose by the rich scum that is the Republican Party. Both Republican politicians who are telling them to do this shit when they know better not to, and by the usual right-wing funders, the Koch-founded organizations and the like, which are out there sending their people to slaughter so that they could have a little bit more money. It turns out, as reported, I think this is in Harper. Small government groups affiliated with prolific right-wing donors, assorted supporters of Donald Trump, and a mix of anti-vaccine and anti-gun control advocates. These are the people who are out there on the front lines, these fucking idiots pro- uh, protesting in favor of their liberty to go out and infect others and kill many people. Don't forget, as you look at how pathetic these rallies are, How many Nazi references are showing up at these rallies? Well, at least in this case, it's kind of appropriate when you think about it. How unironic in this case, the amount of anti-Semitism that's now coming out of these rallies. The the anti-Semitic comments about the Jews being behind this and creating this. The most pathetic irony here is how they've learned to come out, many of them, and wrap themselves in the shroud, the flag of the civil rights movement should be really the shroud wrapping themselves in the flag of the civil rights movement, 
comparing, having the nerve, the, the disgracefulness to def- compare what they are doing to the fight for civil rights in this country. One of the leaders in that front has been one of Donald Trump's chief economic advisors, a guy by the name of Stephen Moore, who has compared himself and people like him to Rosa Parks. That's right. Fighting for the right to catch a deadly disease and spread it to your neighbors is like fighting for civil rights if if you are from Fox News America. This gives me a chance to mention once again Stephen Moore. Stephen Moore, I have mentioned on the show a long time ago, has risen in the Republican ranks. He's now a top economic advisor for, for Donald Trump. I remember watching this guy maybe 15, 20 years ago when he was an up-and-comer in the conservative movement, just spouting whatever stupid bullshit he was told to spout so he could rise up because that's your path to success. I remember watching him on some talk show. I forget what it was, some political talk show. And watching this with my mouth like hanging to the floor and calling up a friend of mine afterwards and saying, I truly think I may have just seen the stupidest human being I have ever seen with his mouth moving. The man from the very beginning has been so fucking stupid, it is almost incomprehensible, but totally understandable that he would be a successful star in the Republican Party and the Donald Trump administration. So all of this reminds us again of the necessity for mandatory separation. Not just separation from each other, but in a larger macro sense, mandatory separation from Donald Trump supporters and people at this point in time who would consider voting Republican. It would be nice to think that these fucks are just killing themselves. But we are reminded that there is no justice in the world. The gods, should they exist, have a sense of humor and, when you get right down to it, are really kind of pricks. And it is, in fact, just poor people, people who want none of this. The black people, Hispanics, immigrants, who are doing the dying in America. Even during a pandemic, so much for justice. Anyway, that's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. We will be back, I hope, next time with uh, continuing discussions about what we should be learning from the coronavirus beyond just throw these sons of bitches out of office so we can protect ourselves. Till then, be well, be safe. See you soon. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 